Hey there, mighty men. I'm your host, Dr. Dave Paschkowski, founder of Men Made For More Coaching. Our business helps husbands level up their life, their leadership, and their legacy in marriage and in business. The purpose of this podcast is to bring together like-minded men that feel destined for big things in their life and provide you the resources and community that you need to lead yourself, your family, and your business. If you've ever felt overwhelmed, frustrated, lost, or alone on your journey to a better and more purposeful life, you're in the right spot. You weren't designed to be average, so it's time to quit living that way. Today, I'm giving you permission to unlock your true potential and step into all that you were made for. All right, guys, welcome to today's guest episode of the Men Made For More podcast, joined here with a great friend and brother of mine, Zach Jones. And uh, Zach, man, I'm excited to have you on here today. Man, it's an absolute honor to be here. I've listened to a few of your podcasts, and I love what you're doing. I love the mission that you uh, you, you have going on here, and you are making an impact on people's lives. So I, I honor you for that, brother. Appreciate that, Zach. And uh, yeah, excited for you to to share with listeners here. I know we have some uh, a lot of a lot of similar beliefs, a lot of similar mindset things. That excited to to give to listeners today. I know people will be able to take a lot from it. So let's uh, let's just give people a, a brief intro on you. Uh, I'd like to say, let's pretend you're you just hopped onto an elevator with someone with one of our listeners, and in sixty seconds, who are you, and, and what are you really excited about right now? Yeah. So my name is Zach Jones from Bentonville, Arkansas. And I'm a man of honesty, influence, faithfulness, and self-discipline. Yes, you are. Yes, sir. So what I'm excited about right now is just being here with you, man. I'm, I'm excited that I'm here because I'm not supposed to be here. But God's been so good to me. And, and it's, it's just been a journey. And uh, so what I do for work is I, I, I work with realtors all across the country who sometimes struggle with the fact that they may not be getting compensated as much as they could or should be by their current mm. real estate brokerage. So basically what I do is I recruit real estate agents all across the country to join our brokerage. Um, and I'd be happy to talk more about that if you'd like me to, but uh, just been an awesome journey. I have an amazing wife, Brittany, and I have two puppies, a golden retriever and Bernice mountain dog. And that's, that's what it's all about for me. I'm just, I'm just grateful to be here and I'm excited to be on this podcast, man. So good. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And I, uh, I know my, my wife, she actually just mentioned it. I think she saw your, your puppies on, on Instagram or something. You were, you were Brit's page. And, uh, <laughs> those are like our, those are like two of our top choices for, for the, the first, first pup we would want to get. So you guys, uh, you guys have a special place in our hearts from the, the dog side of things. I know Lindsay's going to get excited here in that, but, uh, that's so good, man. Uh, let's, uh, I want to dive into today's topic. Cause you, you know, you talk a lot about this, this underdog mindset and I, I totally relate to that. I, I love it. And everyone loves a good underdog story in the, in the movies we see it in business and life. There's, uh, you know, everyone wants to see that under underdog story, but very few, I think, you know, in my belief, actually want to adopt that underdog mindset. Cause it's a, it can be a grind. It can be, takes a different, different, uh, mindset, different level of thinking. So people want the, the underdog success, but they don't always want the, the underdog mindset to go with it. How would you describe an underdog mentality and kind of how you apply it to your daily life? Yeah, absolutely. Well said. My dad always said, you know, he's an HVAC guy, does the air conditioning and I would work with him and you come to him with any problems. And he said, I don't want to hear that. 
He's like, I don't want to hear about the labor pains. I just want to see the baby. And that's really mm. the truth with the underdog story. You know, it, it's the underdog story. They want to see the outcome of everything, but they don't want to see all the work that goes into that. Uh, for me, I was a kid that grew up really, really shy, super shy. I grew up with speech problems. Um, I was dyslexic. I didn't know that until after I graduated from college. That's a crazy story. Um, but I had a 13 on my ACT. They told me I would never go to college. I uh, was really obsessed with sports, loved basketball and football. And I was told I would never play college sports and had the opportunity to walk or not walk on. I got a scholarship at an NAIA school out of Springfield, Missouri. And so I'm at this small school in Missouri and my first year was terrible. I had like, I got to play a little bit, but I mean, we're playing with some, you know, I, my goal was to play division one football and I'm literally playing at this NAI school in Missouri. I had six or seven tackles. My goal was to get there, go there for a year or two and then go play division one football. So coming out my freshman year, I literally had seven tackles. They put me on the, I was third string going into the, uh, the next year. So I, I really just worked my butt off and I really just went hard in the weight room, trained like crazy. And I found myself being named, uh, NAI all American honor. And I got the opportunity to go walk on at division one school as a preferred walk on at uh, Louisiana Lafayette and really was finding myself in a position where I, I really believed in myself where I can go on to uh, play in the NFL. And I, I felt like my size, my strength, how I really worked my way up to that point. Uh, I found myself, uh, they were, had to set out the entire first year as, as the restaurant rule. But after that year, I, I was now in spring ball where they were literally uh, naming me a starter and they put a scholarship into my account and they were about to announce that I had a football scholarship. So I saw in my account, so I knew it was coming. I also heard buddies uh, from my team telling me that they heard the coaches talking about it. So they're, they're about to make this big ordeal about it. Next thing you know, I suffered what was my fifth concussion mm. and it turned out to be one of the worst concussions uh, they've ever seen. They said it was the worst concussion they've ever seen. I threw up every day for a month. I don't really remember a month of my life. And just like that, my NFL dream was over. And I didn't even get to play a down of Division One college football. And I worked so hard to get to that point. Coming out of that, uh, I found myself in an attic working for my dad doing air conditioning work. And I remember just scrolling on Instagram and I saw my team uh, on sports center doing a workout. And I was just like, that was a depressing. So I fell off pretty hard, but I found myself back in that underdog position where now I was starting to figure out how to be successful in sports, but I wasn't that smart. Like I said, I had a 13 on my reading ACT. So my, you know, I just suffered five concussions. So my brain is a little jacked up. So I'm, mm. I'm literally, have to rewire my brain, learn how to um, be successful mentally. So once I graduated college, I now dug deep into personal development. I went straight into starting a business. 
And I really struggled with communication really, really bad. And what I did was start a real estate business. I took the jump to start a real estate business and being a realtor in order to be successful, you have to know how to talk to people. And I didn't know how to talk to people. So it was a really, it was a uphill battle for me, but I took that underdog mentality because I knew I trust the process because I saw what I was able to do in my football career. And I knew if I just kept working at it over time, I will improve my skill sets. I will improve my craft and eventually I will be successful. And that's led to where I'm at today. Um, So very, very grateful for that. And that underdog mentality does mean the world to me because I will always look at that. There's always something I'm chasing and that, that person I'm chasing is just a better version of myself. Mm. So really working into that is what excites me. Man, so so good. So much I wanna I wanna unpack on that. And first off, man, honor to you for just coming on this podcast. Like I, I know uh, you said it's your it's your first podcast and you're you're crushing it already. But it's it's just cool to see you stepping into these. I wouldn't say they're fears, but you know, stepping into these things that you know are gonna are gonna force you to to grow and to do that. And, and I can relate because uh, I know some people might know this. A lot of people don't, depend on how much of the podcast they've listened to, but. I'm not a, I'm no natural born speaker or anything too. And I started a podcast partially selfishly to improve my speaking skills and to do those things too. Uh, there's, you know, there's a certain impact that definitely wanted to have and a vision God put on my heart for why I wanted to start this. But at the same time, it's not like I'm a, a natural born speaker. So I can, I can totally relate with you on that. And it's just the the reps of it, the reps of, I don't know how many episodes I'm even in right now, hundred something episodes. Eventually you're going to, I found out I'll get a little better by, by throwing myself in the fire. And it sounds like the same thing with your, your real estate business and a lot of these different things you've, uh, you've done, but I want to unpack a little bit about how'd you how'd you shift that belief in yourself? So we're, we're talking freshman year in Missouri when you're at school there. So freshman year, you have six or seven tackles. I'm guessing confidence issues had to be there. Like you, your confidence might be kind of low of, man, this, this was not how I, I drew this up. How did you, you know, talk me through a little about what that mindset shift was like of how did you go from six tackles your freshman year to up to you know, all, all American status in that way. What was, what was some of that mindset shift like? And did it happen quick? Did it happen slow? Did, if you can talk a little more on that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go back just a little further. My junior year in high school, going into my junior year of high school, I was 160 pounds. By the end of my senior year, I was 200 pounds. So I really was working like crazy, but I was so far behind because I was I also ran a I believe they had, it was on record five, two forty. I eventually, by the end of my junior year in college, I got that down to a four, five, nine. Mm. So just amazing growth. And I gained, I got, I got up to 240 pounds. So freshman year, I was 200, 200, uh, 200 pounds, 210 pounds. I'm also playing linebacker. So for a six, four dude at 200 pounds, it's, it's really not that heavy. So I knew I had to put on weight. So going that off season, I was just super, super intentional. Um, every night I went to bed at eight o'clock, got plenty of sleep, worked out twice a day. Um, by the way, that freshman, that first semester, I was had a 1.69 GPA. They told me if I suck the second semester, I am out. So got really intentional about the academic side of things, surrounded myself with the right people. And that really over a course of three to four months, I was able to pack on 25, 30 pounds. 
um, just because I was out working everybody. And spring ball, I just got very, very intentional in studying film. I uh, just did things I never uh, did before and just really dug deep into the improving my craft. And over, you know, a course of a year, I uh, got awarded for the hard work I put in. That's so good. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of these small habits that I'm guessing many people on the team weren't doing in terms of film and extra workouts and going to sleep on time. And if it's anything like the school I played at that, that wasn't necessarily a priority for, for a lot of people. And did you find that those, those habits or anything else you implemented that helped you to pass those people that are maybe ahead of you on the depth chart? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, yeah, I passed, I passed everybody on that, on that chart. And, um, and there's honestly guys that on the team that I looked up to who I saw doing the right things and they were, they were getting, you know, being named all conference and all that stuff. So, uh, I, I really found myself leaning more towards those guys following their, their directions, seeing what they were doing. Also just going up to the coach and ask them like, how can I be great? What, what do I need to do to be great? So I had a couple of coaches that would spend hours and hours with me watching film with me because they knew how bad I wanted it and they wanted it for me. And they also wanted the team to win. So, um, yeah, so I, a lot of good alignments made. And then we obviously went after the assignment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. The power of just being able to ask that question. I think a lot of people are either intimidated or they, they think, uh, I think maybe, the person we're asking the question to doesn't want to hear that. They don't have time for that, but just the power of asking that, whether that's in a sport, whether that's in your, in your job of going up to a, to a boss or to, you know, someone you look up to and being like, Hey, like, how can I, how can I improve? How can I do better? Where'd you, where'd you pick that up from? Is that something you always had, or is that something you kind of intentionally got somewhere and, and started implementing? That's a good question. I'm not, I'm not completely sure. Um, but I will say like, I was intentional about asking for help and it's, it's not just asking for help, but taking the action after mm. that. So when someone gave me advice, I would actually do what they told me to do. Just like you mentioning how you were nervous starting this podcast. This is my first ever podcast. I mentioned, you know, communication. That's a skill I've been working on for some time. But this year, I'm looking at this year as I as I'm playing left-handed. It's meaning in basketball terms, you're so I was a dominant right-handed, meaning I can do anything with my right hand. Now I'm going over to my left hand this year. Basically, what I mean by that is I'm working on being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, I know I kind of got sidetracked on that on that That's question, good. but yeah, so uh it's little things like that. So I I, I would say that second semester of my college year, that's when I started leaning on those little habits of being uncomfortable doing the things that most people aren't willing to do. Um, but there, you always got that small percentage that are willing to, and those are the people that really do stand out in the long game. Mm-hmm. Man. So good. Yeah. Getting comfortable being uncomfortable. That's uh, that's something we, we can all use, not hang out in our, our comfort zones and what, what feels good at, at complacency. And you know, I say is complacency is the enemy. And if we're just, if we're good with good enough, then uh, that's going to, that's going to plague us. And uh, I'm curious though, on what, uh, what current habits you talk a lot about these habits that you were able to do as an athlete that, that uh, got you a level that you were able to, to play at, but what kind of things are you implementing today in, in your business 
in your marriage, in other relationships, finances, you know, whatever area of life you want to, you want to speak on that's, uh, you, you think continues to set you apart with this underdog mindset. So a lot of people can, you know, sports is one analogy and, but a lot of us, you know, a lot of people listening aren't necessarily currently athletes or anything, but they are business owners. They are husbands. They are, you know, just guys looking to better their life. What, uh, what habits are you currently laying down, working on implementing that, uh, are helping you across these different areas? Yeah, absolutely. So there's been just a whole bunch of habits accumulated over, you know, several years here. Uh, the, the one thing that's really helped me the most, I would say is breaking my days into quarters mm. and having a vision going into the week. So on Sunday, I'm literally planning my week ahead of time. And it goes back to what we call living life by design, not by default. So I'm li- literally planning my week, breaking my days into quarters, meaning uh, there's four quarters in each day. For example, quarter one is the, my me time. That's my personal development time. So I wake up, I'm doing a one-year reading Bible plan, uh, spend some time in daily prayer with God, and then I'll go um, do some stretching, some meditation, um, and just listen to worship music, kind of get my head flowing there, go get a workout in, listen to a podcast, really personal development time. From there is quarter two. That's in the business. I'm working on things that will get me paid ASAP. Quarter three is on the business, things that might not get me paid, but it's improving myself on the business or having conversations like this or, you know, just being on a podcast and understanding like, yes, this may help somebody, but honestly, selfishly, this is helping me improve my craft, my communication skills. So that's working on myself as well. And then quarter four is family time. And what's funny is I got a group of mentors now. So they really taught me how to implement this into my life. So I always get excited. I like to take action on the things that are being advised to me. So for example, uh, quarter one through quarter three, I literally wrote down everything to like the fine detail on what to do, what I'm going to be doing. I took this to my mentor and I was sharing all this with him and he, it came to quarter four and I just said family time. And he actually gave me some of the best advice I've ever heard. And he said, Zach, you need to spend more time on quarter four, be as intentional, if not more intentional on quarter four than you are quarter one through three. And that right there was a game changer because marriage has just significantly improved living life by design, not by default. Mm, That's so good. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think for a lot of, uh, you know, call, call it the high achievers out there, the high performers, the, the guys maybe like you and I that want to, you know, are, are hungry for, for success and for bettering themselves and for doing those things. And there's nothing wrong with that on its own, but the, uh, the family time, the relationships. And I know for a big part of my life, like those things kind of take a backseat of like, well, I'm not focused on that now. Cause I'm, I'm trying to build up business, trying to build up the business like we're doing. And it's, it's all well-intentioned, I think for guys out there, like it's, it's for, our family, it's for our future, it's for those things. But at the same time, that doesn't mean we can neglect those things in the present. Did you find the same thing? Yeah, absolutely. And what I found the most is I thought family time is just a time to relax, hang out. And yes, it is relaxing to hang out, but it's being intentional about the relaxation. What are we doing during this time? And what I found the most is that discipline really creates freedom. So I was getting bogged down and saying like, 
I'm going to bed so late. I can't not being consistent with my morning routine because my night routine was jacked off. And then we're not aligned with like my wife and I, we're not aligned. We're not thinking now it's, we have the vision. It's, it's clear. We're on the same page. Then we attack, you know, we, we, we do the dishes and the laundry, the house is good. So now we have all this freedom because we're not arguing, wasting time, uh, wondering what happened. We know what happened because we had a plan and we, uh, we attacked. Mm, that's good. Can you talk a little, and if you don't mind sharing and more so I'm, I'm curious for, for Lindsay and I too, uh, cause this is, you know, a newer thing of being more intentional with this and actually spending as much time on that as we do on the business. What, uh, what does a, what can a Q4 look like or what kind of things are you intentionally planning in there to build your guys' relationship to really foster that? Yeah, absolutely. So it looks different for each day. Um, but so I'll get home by five 30. So five 30, we might have on the schedule, a dog walk that day, um, with our two, two puppies, uh, from there we have dinner and then we have like, right now we're doing a fasted prayer after we eat 21 days of fast. So that's in our calendar right now. Um, and then some, if we have more freedom or more time, we'll have an hour blocked off for uh, a movie time, TV time, or honestly sex, whatever we, and that's, that's in place. So we're not having, you know, sex at 10, 10 PM. And when I'm trying to wake up at five o'clock the next day. So it's, it's being intentional about those things. I know that sounds weird, but we found it. If we just get a line on it, we're not, we're not arguing when, you know, she's trying to have sex with me at 10 o'clock. And I'm like, I really got to get some sleep. But, you know, and so now it's like we're on the same page. I know that sounds weird, but that's really how far you would like to go with it because it really can change everything for you guys. Mm, yeah, no, I, I appreciate sharing that and being open about it because it's, you know, what it sounds like. It's just a lot of uh, clearing it clearing out the, the expectations that I think, you know, Lindsay and I talk a lot about our expectations can get us into trouble because if there's expectations on one end and uh, she has expectations, I have expectations, whatever area of our life it is that can, uh, that can be, be in our intimacy, that can be in our travel, that can be in our finances, that can be in our work, like wherever that is, if we're, if we're telling different stories within our own head, but they're not getting out there together, then that's where, a lot of budding heads can happen. That's where a lot of, well, I, I, I expected this, but, but this didn't happen. And I'm guessing you found that clears a lot of that up. Yeah. And Bill Belichick, he's one of the coaches I love looking up to. One of his favorite lines is do your job. So for Brittany and I, we have literally on our refrigerator, what our jobs are. So for like Monday through Thursday, I have to get the dishes done by eight o'clock and I have to vacuum Tuesday, Thursday, or and we just, we literally set roles for ourselves. So we're aligned. So, so because for us, cleaning the house became an issue because she's trying to build a massive business. I'm trying to build a massive business. And then we're trying to clean a house together. It just, it doesn't work unless you know what your job is. So we understand each other's roles and very intentional. Um, and we're, we're talking through it. So it's like, is this what you want to do? Okay. If you don't let, let me, let me take care of this and then vice versa. Mm -hmm. So, 
Yeah, that's good. I, uh, I have an honest open question for you here. For those, because I love that you you guys go all in on this and it's like, yes, here's what we're going to do. We're going to be we're going to be very intentional about it. We're going to lay it out. You guys are on the same page. What, uh, what would you say to someone who, you know, thinks that sounds extreme or, or maybe isn't quite ready to go all in on it? Maybe their spouse isn't, maybe they are, but their spouse isn't. Can you speak at all to, to that? And, and I hope my question makes sense of, of how would you, you know, what, what would you recommend and how would you recommend going about it for those that maybe don't feel like they can spend four hours in the morning for them time, or maybe their spouse isn't on board with it. Any of those, those common objections, what would you say to those? Yeah, I would just say, would you would you prefer to live your life by design or by default? Most people live by default. They they talk the talk. They don't walk the walk. Mm. So it is hard. Um, I say it's hard. It's not that difficult once you get it going. Uh, it's challenging for 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 example, my wife Brittany. She's always joking around saying I'm I'm the extremist. Uh, I've I've had to learn that I can't just like come to her and say like, Hey, let's do this. Let's do that. Um, I literally had to take time with preparation. So what I'll do is I'll spend the time Sunday evening, uh, you know, doing our, our budget, doing our uh, planning our week. And then I'm bringing it to her. Are you okay with this? And then if she, if she's not, then we'll make some course corrections. Uh, but I would say like, there's probably somebody in the group that, may have to take a little more leadership on it. Um, and it does seem extreme, but I'm telling you guys, like if you really get intentional about your life, the discipline aspect of things really does create more freedom um, in all aspects of your life. It's it's insane. And I, I never was one to believe that until I started doing it. Mm-hmm. I can attest to it too. And I, I love the discipline creates freedom because People think discipline and routine and some of these different things creates too much rigidity, too much, too much structure. And it's, it's not that you're planning out every second of the day and being a robot. It's just that you're creating enough structure to it to allow you to operate as your best. And that's could be operating as your best in your personal time and your workout. That could be with your, in your marriage, that could be in your business, but creating that structure that allows you to not have to spend half the day thinking about like, oh, well, what can I what should I be doing now? Or what can I be doing to make my relationship better? It's like that stuff's already in there, in there by design. So man, that's, that's really good. Oh, go for it. I'll just add one thing and don't feel like you have to get it right, right away. It's, it's a process. I'm talking about it right now, but it's literally taken weeks, months to really implement and start to master. So just over each week, you, you, you try it. And then you, you go back to next week and review what happened that previous week and you course correct. So it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing process and just trust the process with it. And you'll get to the point where you will structure it the way you want to structure it. Yeah, that, that's really good. Knowing that there's some, some personalization behind it and also to be patient with the process with anything we're implementing. You don't, you don't go to the gym one time and then get bummed out. Cause you can't see your abs yet. It's like this stuff takes, this stuff takes time and the mental stuff takes just as much time to really, uh, really just ingrain these, these disciplines, create these new habits, lay down these new grooves that you used to used to operate in one way. And you're, you're kind of trying to, to change that you're changing this direction you're heading. And it's not that it's a bad direction, but you're like, Hey, I, I want to head that direction faster and with more purpose, then it's, it's going to take some, some rewriting of those old scripts. Yeah. Well said. That's it right there. 
Yeah, man, that's, that's good. I appreciate sharing the, the planning side of things. Another thing I want to circle back on is, uh, so we kind of glossed over this, but this was a, definitely something I want to highlight is you, uh, so you made these changes. We talked about these, these habits you laid down. You made these changes in school. You got up to all American status. You got D one, you got your scholarship right there. And then this concussion happened and set you back. And it sounds like this was a dream you had been working towards probably since at least high school, probably as a, as a kid, I want to talk a little bit on that, on that setback. What, you know, what were you feeling at the time? I know you kind of mentioned you were in a, in a bad place at some time after that. Like, how did you, how did you initially respond to it? And and how long did it take you to kind of work through that, uh, a setback as big as that, where it's it, kind of dreams being, being crushed at the time? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I would love to sit here and say, man, I handled it perfectly. I came back stronger than ever, uh, right away, like all this stuff, but that's not the truth, man. The truth is when that happened, I went into deep depression. I really, really fell off. Like I said, I was working with my dad now back home in Arkansas. My boys were in Louisiana on the football field and I was literally crawling under houses and crawling up attics in the middle of summer. And it's just deep depression. I got deep into pornography. I literally could not go to bed until I, I finished watching porn. Like I had to watch porn in order to fall asleep. I started cheating on uh, my girlfriend and uh, really became just really lost, defeated, broken, man. And I love to say like it was all perfect, but you know, I almost committed suicide two times. So just really, really, I fell off. Um, by the grace of God, he, he kept me here and, and, um, I, I did start to find my momentum. I, I, I came into real estate, had all these business ideas. I finally went after the real estate career and that, that gave me some sense of purpose, um, or some sense of like direction there. So started working on, and then the personal development really dove, dove deep into that, uh, after I graduated from college, which is funny because I graduated college, but I only read one book in my entire childhood years. And that was Wizards of Oz in the seventh grade. It was something totally random. I did not read a single book until after uh, the first month after I graduated college. So now I'm starting leveling up on the personal development side. Then these habits start coming into play. Um, I start getting my head on straight my, and all of this stuff. So um yeah, uh, I know that's not, that's not, I wish I could say it was all, you know, sunshine and roses. However, that's the truth. It was really a process and I'm just grateful God kept me here to be, a, you know, grow in the process because I've came a long ways. Mm. Yeah, man. Thank God you're here too. Uh, and that's, no, I don't, I don't want you to sugarcoat that. I, I think that's, that's great to be that vulnerable and open about all that. Cause I, I know you're not the only one struggling with those things and the people that have gone through that I know can relate to it. There's people listening that are probably right in the heart of that right now. And what would you, what would you say to them of someone who's, who's maybe tuning in and maybe they find themselves in that, in that storm right now, their, their life hasn't looked the way they wanted to, their dreams haven't come true. They've experienced these big setbacks. They're in this underdog place right now where hope looks kind of lost. Like what, what would you say to encourage them? I'll say a couple things. So what I had, I found my identity through football. That was where I was a Christian dude, but I, that's where my life was. So everything that was involved. So as soon as that was taken away, it was gone for me. So anyone that's like struggling, they may have lost something. 
or whatever the case may be, I would say go to God, get your identity through him. Uh, but beyond that, start finding a purpose, a vision for your life and the vision in all aspects of your life, and that's health, financially, uh, if you have a business or your career, personal and your family life, have a vision for all five areas of your life and then work backwards. So working backwards, you understand where you want to go with these five areas. Now you create a game plan on how to get there. So when you're dealing with this pain that you're going through, this vision now gives your purpose or your pain purpose. Mm -hmm. So it allows you to get through with ease. You understand this is just part of the process. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, I was definitely there. Uh, I wish I knew that back then. I, I obviously did not, but if you just keep going as our, our mentor, Riley Meek always says, you know, with action comes clarity. So just take action on these things and you will eventually find clarity on what you really want. Mm -hmm. That's a couple of good things. Yeah. To recap that, that, that vision, you know, creates a, creates purpose for the, for the pain. And that's uh you know, something that can be hard to do when you're in the middle of that is casting out that vision of what do I actually want my life to look like? Cause right now I feel like I'm not doing anything right. And there's probably some shame and some guilt. So being able to, you know, and this can be, you know, for some people, this might be in every area of their life. For some people it might just be like, Hey, you know, financially, I'm not where I want to be or in my relationships. I'm not where I want to be. This doesn't have to be your life crumbling around you. And, uh, to, to, cast out that vision and say, how do I want this to be? You might be crushing four of the five areas, but you're going to have to be intentional with that, that one area. That's, that's the one that's uh, struggling to come along with to, to really, you know, see some, see some true change in that. So I love it. And then once you have that vision though, it's what's the next step, what's the, you know, one step at a time, what's the next thing you can be doing to reverse engineer that and start making progress towards it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a harmony and Nick Unsworth he was just at the last event we were at. He really had a good five-step plan. It was number one, have that vision. Number two, make a declaration saying by X amount or by this date, I will be this place, right? So, and then number three, he would write a letter, write a letter in that present sense that he was already there. And he's basically just writing a letter of himself. So he's literally in his subconscious brain is really getting this deep down. And number four, which was my favorite was find resources and resource up basically meaning you're, if you have a vision, like for example, I have a vision to have 20,000 agents under my umbrella. I'm far from, I don't even have a fraction of that right now. Right. So, but my vision is there. I have a declaration that I'm going to get there before I'm 30, the, the letter, right now, my resources, how do I do that? So now I have coaching, coaching being poured into me, teaching me how to get from point A to point B and then to get to point C where 20,000 agents are. Right. So, um, so you use those resources because you just have to have the visions you'll figure out on the how to, because you'll get connected once you make the declaration and people understand where you're trying to go, because there are so many people out there that are willing to help you get where, uh, where, where you're trying to go. If you just explain to them what your vision is. Right. 
I hope that makes sense. <laughs> it, it makes sense to me. And I, I think that's uh that's great. And people can you know, rewind and listen to that again. Cause that's a, that's some, some great nuggets of, uh, of wisdom right there. And that comes back to the same thing. Like you asking your coach of, Hey man, what can I do to, to get more playing time? What can I do to be the best? What can I do that is that's exactly what I hear you saying with the resource up. It's if we don't, if we don't ask, if we're, you know, afraid of people judging us or what are they going to think or what, what if they say no, like those, those things might, might happen, but those things are outside of your control. If you put it out there, you never know though, if that one person can come along, that's like, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for something. I'm looking to help someone like you, or you, you don't know what kind of resources they have that can help really take you to that next level. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many people out there and I was one for a while where you're, they don't really buy into the coaching. They don't believe in all that stuff. Guys, Michael Jordan had a coach, man. <laughs> Tiger Woods had a coach. The best of the best, best to do it. If you look at around in any industry, the best are getting coached on how to be the best. So if you're on that fence, I'm like, man, I don't, I don't feel whatever. Understand if you want to be the best at whatever you do, it's probably smart to get the proper mentors in place to get you there. Yeah. I know, I know all the, all the professional all the people you look up to out there that, uh, that are doing it have some degree of coaching the mentorship, the right community around them. Uh, my life took a, a major change when I started investing in, in coaching and those things too, because it's, it's so invaluable. We get in our own bubble, we get in our own thought patterns and we see things a certain way and we miss reality of how so many things are. And it's, we can't uh, emphasize enough the importance of finding that coach, finding that mentor, finding whatever way you can to to be around those people because you'll be, man, you'll be amazed at at how life can take off when you do that. Absolutely, absolutely. I want I want to circle back on one more thing on your on your story. So you, so the injury happened, dark place, got out of it through real estate and through personal development. It sounds like those were a couple of big things where you started to find some purpose. But I also know. You, you mentioned your faith a couple of times. You mentioned living, living lukewarm, you know, maybe being identified as a Christian, but, but not quite being there. Did, when did, when did your faith really come into play? Because I know, I know how passionate you are for it now. And I also know that real estate on its own didn't give you this big purpose, didn't get you to where you are now. It's not, it's not your overall identity anymore. Like it might've been when you were in that dark place. It sounds like it served a purpose when you were getting out of that spot, but how did your, you know, how did your faith get mixed into things? And cause, uh, I'm, I'm guessing that's, that's more of your driving purpose now than the real estate and the personal development sustaining you on its own. Is that, is that correct? And can you speak on, on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually grew up a Christian and, you know, I actually recently got baptized this past Tuesday with my wife, Brittany, which was amazing in Frisco, Texas. So it was just an awesome, awesome experience there. But, uh, and the reason we got rebaptized um, is because, you know, up until recently, I was a lukewarm Christian, as you alluded to. You know, if I, if I were to die, someone that knew me, they would, they would look at me. Oh yeah. He's a good Christian dude, whatever. But man, I, I was, I was living double lives. So I, I, you know, behind closed doors, I'm this one person outside in public. I'm another person, you know, who you see on Tuesday may not be the same person you see at Sunday at church. So I've literally had to get to the point where, um, you know, I, I want to 
became this person where on the person you do see on Tuesday is the same guy you see on Sunday. And from that, I had to be honest and vulnerable about a lot of things. So me sharing that I, I cheated on my girlfriend, that girlfriend is now my wife. I did not tell her this, any of this. I hid this behind her back, living a life of lie until recently. This all came out recently. So I learned that I have to let go of things that the devil was bringing me down so God could free me up. So, um, so you know, we're, we've been going through marriage counseling, working on all of that stuff as well. Um, but I've learned that, you know, I'm tired of being like, you know, living two different lives. I'm tired of being a lukewarm Christian. I'm going all in on this, just like I went all in on my business, man. Just like I went all in on the sports. It's time to go all in on faith because that really at the end of the day, that's really all that really matters. So, um, yeah, man. <laughs> and so good, man. Yeah. That's, that's awesome to hear you guys got baptized and working through those things. And, uh, I can, I can imagine how, you know, how, hard that's been. And, and I don't want, you don't need to get into the the details of it, but I just want to honor you for like being able to address that and get past that. Cause I know a lot of guys can hold on to that stuff for, for years and for a, for a lifetime. And it creates this lack of authenticity of being able to show up as, as who you really are. You feel like you have to put on this front or this, you're not being genuine because you never know I have to perform this way in certain situations, but perform this way in certain situations and can't say this then versus the freedom that comes with just being able to live as you, as you are. And, and the, the, you know, the, the great person you are for, for anyone listening is, is that's a, you know, freeing thing. And I appreciate you being an encouragement for, for guys listening. Absolutely. And it, it is a hundred percent a freeing thing. I, I literally read this morning in the Bible uh, you can be a slave to sin or you can allow God to free you and you, you hear about it, whatnot. But when you really, really get vulnerable and you really allow God to free you, it really does feel like chains came off and all that stuff is being removed. Obviously, we're still being smart, going through a healing process, but I couldn't imagine doing this without God. He's literally... It's still a process, but he is fast tracking the process for us. And I'm so, so grateful for that. And it was radical being baptized together, making that adult decision together. Um, man, I, I can't wait to see what our marriage looks like in 30 years from now. Mm. Yes. Only going up, bro. <laughs> man, so good. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait to see it as well and see the, see the journey, man. I'm, I'm proud of you. I, I appreciate you coming on. I want to, want to start to wrap things up here. I got a, a f so many takeaways to to have here as we as we wrap things up, and I'll let you add it on in a second here. But some of the things I was writing down was I love how you you talk about the intentionality of chasing the best version of yourself, and something that we can all be doing is looking looking ahead at and at that version of who do, who do I want to be in this area, and then taking the steps to to do that. I love how you talked multiple times about being vulnerable enough, being uh, you know, courageous enough to just ask the question of, of others, of mentors, of, of coaches, of different things of what can I do? But then the caveat with that is making sure you're taking action on those things that they, uh, that they talked about. And, uh, I don't know, I have about four other things written here. So I guess I got to pick one of them. We'll go with a uh, discipline creates freedom. Cause that was one that uh, kept standing out to me too, of having that structure in your day can actually free up so many things to, uh, to be doing, 
doing and living the, the life that you want to live. So any, any big things to add on that? And Zach, I had, I had a bunch of things written down, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to work on my prioritization here. <laughs> Good man. Yeah. I'll just go back to living life by design versus default. Once I understood what that meant, it really was a game changer for, for me. And yeah, if you're not, cause most people will go about life by default, just reacting versus being proactive. Mm. And if you're proactive, it can change the world for you, bro. Mm. Yeah. So good. So good, man. And we've, uh, we already hit a couple of the, the, uh, closing questions I had you were, I mean, I appreciate being vulnerable enough to, uh, to be open about that in, in general throughout the podcast, but I'm going to throw one more on you. I'm going to put you on the, on the spot of, we'll say you have 60 seconds to talk to younger Zach 10 years back. So going through all those things, you're probably in your football career, then you're, you're living, you know, on pace for your dreams. What do you, what would you, what would you say to younger self, uh, 10 years back? If, if you bumped into him looking for some life advice, looking for, something, not knowing what the future holds, not knowing all the setbacks, the hurts, the depression that's going to come into that. What would you, what would you say to him to speak life to him in in 60 seconds? So 10 years ago, I was 15. And back then I, I really played into the comparison game. I was so shy. I just wanted to be liked by everybody. I wanted to fit in. I couldn't talk to people. It's too nervous to do that. So I had so much social anxiety. I guess my advice to that younger version, that 10, 15 year old Zach is to, man, just don't worry about all that. Don't let that go. Put that aside. Focus on you, bro. Just focus on improving yourself. Yes, you're, you are going to deal with some hardships. You're going to deal with struggles, but don't play the comparison game because if you just keep working on yourself, you'll, uh, you'll be very, very successful. And they're not like you, bro. You're, you're different. You're special. Understand that. Mm. So uh, yeah, that's probably the advice I would give to my younger Zach. And by the way, one great quote, one of the greatest quote, I'll just share this. You work hard on the job. You'll make a living. You work harder on yourself. You'll make a fortune. Mm. I just want to share that. Cause that's, <laughs> one of the greatest quotes I've ever heard. Yeah. Well, speak it to your younger self then. That's uh that's awesome. I appreciate you sharing with the audience, man. This is, this has been a blast. I appreciate you coming on. I know first podcast you did, you did great, man, especially with your, with your background. I appreciate you sharing all that. And uh, it's gotta be an encouragement for anyone listening uh, in that, in that situation of not having the confidence in, in the social and in the speaking and the communication and being able to get out there and do it, man. Uh, props to you for, for getting on here and, and letting it rip. But uh, as we wrap up here, where can, where can people reach out to you? Where can they find you? Anything you want to say about uh, your business or any of the things that you're, you're working on right now? Uh, go ahead and share it with our audience here. Yeah. So you can find me on Zach or at, at Instagram at Zach.Jones41. And I'm actually launching a YouTube channel going back to playing left-handed, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. This is highly uncomfortable for mm-hmm. me. I was actually working on this all morning and for a lot of today. And so, yeah, you can find me on that. And I will actually post on my description, my YouTube link here in the next week. So awesome. would highly appreciate any subscriptions. Absolutely. Yeah. We can get that. We can get link, that linked up in the, 
in the show notes, but man, brother, appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thanks for, thanks for sharing. Thanks for being an encouragement and uh, thanks for coming on today. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Dave. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for listening in today, guys. I'm believing that even if you apply one thing from today's show, you're taking one step closer to living as the man you were made to be. Meaningful change doesn't happen overnight. So keep showing up and keep consistent every single day until good things start to happen. If you haven't already, taking 60 seconds to write a review on whatever platform you're listening on goes a long way in growing this podcast and reaching other men just like you that are hungry for more in their life. If you have any questions on today's show, feedback, or content you want to see more of, shoot me a text. Yep, text me. 760-477-4361. That's 760-477-4361. Let me know that you're listening in so I can personally thank you for your support of myself and the show. That's it for today, guys. It's time to raise your standard for yourself. Stop settling for just getting by. Go all in on your passions and the life you were made for. I love you guys and talk to you soon.